in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So last week, I think, was one of our best episodes ever, but we're not getting a super amount of comments on it. Don't people want to find new ways to do UFO research? I don't know. It's hard to figure. Usually the ones that generate all the responses are the controversial ones that people have a bone to pick. If it's a good episode, people just kind of nod their heads and don't have anything to say. What can you do? Like today will be a great show with, uh, with Chase. She's quite a little powerhouse. You know, she's well grounded, so it'll be interesting to see what the kind of response we get from, uh, from today's show. Now, you've been in touch with Dave Cote. Correct. About his project, which of course is to put a low orbit satellite CubeSat for detecting yep. UFOs. And you're talking to him about them, the software, particularly because you've had problems with the San Luis Valley project over yeah. the software. Yeah. You know, I've kind of explained a couple times here uh, on past shows that we have a a team of uh, postgraduate students uh, in Italy that have been working. The NGRIP team has been working uh, 10 months on the software and they've pretty much dialed it in for nighttime. But, you know, we're having problems with uh, separating ground clutter, other types of objects, like if they're following something that's fairly close to the ground and a car drives by, it, it all of a sudden kicks off and starts following the car. So there's some sort of ID trick that we need to do. And Dave, uh, you know, he's a uh, he works for Google. I mean, the guy really knows his stuff. He sent me a whole bunch of code, and I went ahead and forwarded it on to the team. So I'm, I'm waiting to see if that's going to help. And also, uh, Marsha Adams, who I'd like to get on the show at some point. She's a chemist that um, has a real interest in, in um, earth lights and, you know, Paul Devereaux-type stuff. Uh, was a consultant for the Hasdalen Project and worked with Valet and others. Uh, very, very bright uh, an open-minded scientist, she turned me on to the guy that did the software for the Hasdalen project. So we have a two-pronged approach uh, that we're trying to remediate our <laughs> our problems with the uh, with the motion tracking. But uh, it's like everything else; it's a process. And when I met Doug- Douglas Trumbull down at the Congress, I, I kind of wished out loud, "Boy, it'd be sure nice to get a hold of some of that." that state-of-the-art military targeting software, and he goes, oh, it's, there's a will, there's a way. It's not that, it's not impossible. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's kind of hitting around that maybe there's a possibility of, you know, maybe uh, getting something off the shelf that uh, has already been paid for by our tax dollars. I, I don't know. He, he didn't come right out and say anything, but he, he did kind of have a twinkle in his eye, and he said that it's, uh, you know, maybe easier than you think. <laughs> So we're moving along with it. Again, it's three steps forward, two steps back. But uh, anybody out there that uh, is interested in helping out with formulating a crowdfunding effort, uh, we're about at the point now where we think that big influx in cash so I could hire people to do things instead of relying on their free time and good graces. If anybody out there has uh, some experience doing a uh, Indiegogo or UFundMe uh, projects, uh, do contact us and, and let us know. And we, we want to get that ball rolling here this spring and really kick it up to the next level. Just think here, though, Dave has experience yeah. with crowdfunding, so he may give you some advice there. Yeah. Now, yeah, part of it is yes. here that some of these crowdfunding methods require that you don't collect the money until the project is successful, whereas others you can take money out as you need it. Right. It's that kind of thing. Uh, I, I think Kickstarter is one of the ones that it's got some uh, 
tags attached and some conditional stuff. You have to raise, I think, the amount that you are going for in order to actually collect the money. Kickstarter especially. Yeah, I'm not sure about Indiegogo. I think it doesn't matter. And GoFundMe definitely doesn't matter. Yeah, that's why I use those two uh, crowdfunding you know, scenarios as an example. We have been contacted in the past. I need to go through my emails. I did have a guy um, last year that uh, contacted me and said, look, when you're ready to, to pull the trigger on this, uh, you know, give him a holler. So I need to I need to go ahead and dig up his information because we've been relying on people's free time and people have lives, they have families, they have jobs. And a chunk of change is, is going to move certain tasks and projects from the back burner to the front burner. So that's definitely what we're going to be doing. And and also, I want to work through the um, uh, university there in Alamosa, Adams State uh, University, to see if, if uh, we can create a project uh, in conjunction with the school and the astronomy department, let's say, or one of the social science uh, uh, departments. Unfortunately, uh, Dr. Lynn Weldon, who was my longtime friend there, he passed away, and I would already be working with him if he was still around. But for you cat lovers out there, uh, plug your ears. There's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> so we're pretty excited. Uh, the weather's uh, breaking up there in the valley, so we can really get going full speed with uh, with the project. And, and a, a nice influx of cash to get FLIR, to get our magnetometer, to get our gravitometer, to, to kick around ideas for radar. I think this is all, you know, we're ready to start parallel tracks going. Now that we think we've, uh, we've turned the corner on the software issues, it's good to keep the other um, stovepipe elements of the project uh, going. And uh, to do that, we need some cash. You know, our off-the-shelf camera equipment, for instance, is so obsolete now uh, that there's, you know, we might as well just throw them on eBay and and, uh, and start looking at, at higher-res uh, cameras. We're also thinking about doing our self-contained LAN, so it's just a, a self-contained um, system that communicates with itself. And then use the uh, master feed to go to the Paracast server, then have the uh, switchable image up on uh, on the internet for public viewing. Now, and- let me just tell listeners before the eyes glaze over, a LAN is a local area network, okay? Right. Do you actually have a budget in mind right now? Well, yeah, we do. Um, it depends. You know, it's it's staged. Uh, the budget uh, is dependent on what aspect of the project that we're talking about. The initial uh, triangulated array plus the monitoring equipment, the gravitometer, the recording gravitometer, recording magnetometer. We're going to have a extremely low and very low frequency recording uh, setup with uh, some pretty sensitive uh, PZM mics, which are plate mics that go onto a slab of a nice cube for four by four by four cube of concrete. That uh, also is where the gravitometer is going to be, and and uh, you know, so we have these scientific monitoring uh, ideas, um, and then if we add, you know, this uh, motorized platform that pan and tilts, we could use that for uh, like active radar, uh, marine radar that's actually pointed up towards the sky instead of horizontal to the horizon, parallel to the horizon, um, and also. You know, if we go FLIR, I mean, that doubles the price. So we're looking at initially 60000 uh, And then if we go FLIR, it's going to be uh, uh, around 100000 So we need to uh, we need to get all this uh, dialed in. We, we do have a, quite a, a well-delineated-out business plan that has all the, um, the gear requirements and, and proximate cost and everything costed out. Uh, one of our principals, Wayne... Um, is he's how do I, he used to um, procure um, sensitive classified materials 
for aerospace and also was a contract officer and contract lawyer for the CIA. And uh, so he has a lot of experience in this type of work. And I leave all that kind of costing out stuff and acquisitional stuff to uh, to Wayne. I'm, I'm the cheerleader. I try to keep everybody motivated and come up with the ideas for the actual experiments that we're going to be doing. And, you know, we need FlightAware. Uh, you know, we need SatTracker. There's a lot of things that are going into this. And it's not as, um, as cut and dried as just having some cameras up there for, uh, you know, oh, wow, gee whiz type optical footage. That's that's the least uh, of our, you know, the footage that we need. Okay, tell us about our guest. Well, I, I met Chase uh, a number of years ago. Um, very vivacious, uh, just you know, bundle of energy. Extremely knowledgeable. Um, she has a, a background in. Um, she's a private investigator. She's deputy director of MUFON. Uh, she's written a book that I highly recommend called Admissible. Her and Richard Dolan came up with a with a very well thought out instruction manual of how to become a field uh, investigator, and it has it's a field manual for manual for professional applications, strategies, and methods for UFO, paranormal, and unknown biological investigations. And this book is really I just I I, I dove into it and it's it's just an absolute goldmine. Uh, and I think that Chase is uh, is is going to. I think do really well with this if uh, we can get the word out about this book. And and it's uh, very well written, very well laid out. Chase Kletsky, joining Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like.
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Little Rock, Arkansas, Saturday, May 14th, 1 p.m. Go to www.cdocinarkansas.com. That's cdocinarkansas.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We welcome Chase Kletsky to the Paracast this week. Please be calm and collected, Chase. Have you done a lot of radio before? Yes, a little bit. <laughs> She's host of the Fate uh, Show. Oh, you have. <laughs> yeah, I'm hosting. She's a- been doing her own show for several years now. You know, I think they once asked me to do a co-host thing for Fate, but I don't know what's happened there. In any case, Chase, we always ask this question for new guests, and that is: first, tell me your background, because Chris mentioned you, of course, is a master trainer. Now, what is yeah. a master trainer? Uh, a master trainer is a designator for a job with the Department of Defense, and I'm accredited biomechanics engineer. And so basically my job with the DOD was designing programs that specialized in getting the active duty ready or, you know, even Homeland Security or the other kind of agency personnel for specific type missions or it's a special adaptation for imposed demand. In other words, if you know they had something special to do, it was my job to get them physically, emotionally, and psychologically ready for the success of a mission. Now, is this a military mission or what? It would be a military mission be, uh, or some sort of government um, cause, because I also design programs for Homeland Security, most specifically the NIST teams, which are 
kind of the SWAT teams of the Coast Guard. And right after 9-11, when Coast Guard was transitioned into um, Homeland Security from the Justice Department, I trained most of these 9-11 units to be prepared for that type of assignment because it was special ops of the Coast Guard. Ooh, this is deep and heavy. Does that mean you have to have various security clearances to do this? I did not. I did really interact with the personnel, you know, one-on-one. I was given an outline of what was needed and I would design a program. I really wasn't allowed to keep those programs in writing, but I never had a failure. So I'm excited in all those years and and, uh, literally supervised design the programs for over 10,000 troops. Never had a failure. So I'm good. (laughs) Wow. That's impressive. Moving to private investigator, where's the transition here? How does that happen? The private investigator is something I never I never worked as a trade or a job. I went to private investigator school as a way to um, hone in some skills for UFO investigations. I realized that I, I really like being out in the field and I needed better interviewing skills and, you know, kind of those little tricks of the trade and not going to a police academy or you know, doing a full college course in criminal justice, I decided my my easiest option was going to be private investigator school. And of course, I went ahead and qualified, took the test and licensed through the state of Virginia. Um, it's not even, um, I, I, it expired years ago, which was okay because I did it for the education more than anything. We realize a lot of people out there want to become UFO investigators. And we'll get into more of this. But when you're interviewing a witness and someone has had a really strange thing happen to them and there may be a lot of emotions involved what mistakes do neophytes tend to make in trying to become investigators and talk to people probably the most common is the language you have a witness that's describing something they've seen it's not supposed to exist but they're describing a very large craft and someone will get excited and say, oh my gosh, you saw the mothership. Um, that's a big, huge no-no. Uh, two, the second other mistake. Leading the witness. Okay, so that's very common. Yeah. That's also when we argue about hypnotic regression for abductees. The big problem is deliberately or accidentally leading the witness. Go ahead, please. Yeah, absolutely. It's The terminology needs to be dispassionate and professional. Uh, I think the second mistake is asking questions, just as you mentioned, is leading and keeping them to, to you know, those specific open questions. How, what, why, where, when. Uh, we want to get very specific. Probably the third mistake uh, new investigators make is inserting themselves in the story. Uh, they feel like they need to share their experiences with the witnesses and or making an opinion that, yeah, it sounds like you're being abducted or before any real research and background is done. So those are kind of the common mistakes in the dialogue. Now, I had understood here, and I'm probably wrong, that sometimes in dealing with a reluctant witness, sharing something of yourself may relax them. So is there a way to do that without, as they say, upsetting the accuracy and reliability of the information? Sure. And that would be to share things like, I've also seen things I can't explain without being specific. Um, You know, letting them know that uh, you're in this field. And although 
most people think that UFO investigators are trying to prove UFOs are real. Most of us out here are just trying to get to the source of the anomaly or, you know, the unknown sighting. Most of the time we can explain these and, and what the witnesses have seen. But the best way is to not be specific, but let them know that you're there to listen and give them that attention. I assume you record all these sessions, right? Mostly. Um, there are times when we're asked not to, especially on an initial investigation, especially when you report things on the Internet or it's a phone conversation and they don't know you. We've learned that as the trust is developed between the witness and the investigator, the recording is necessary at some point. Absolutely. It, it's a testimony that we need the witness to tell their story on the record. Now, how do you look for deception? There's an assumption here that a lot of people who report UFOs are faking it, which I don't think is necessarily true, except for very few cases. But how does an investigator talking to people consider signs of deception? Where do you see people who might be just making it all up? A lot of that can come through an interview, and you're looking for contradictions. They're very confused with timelines. It's it's almost like their story isn't straight. Then there's a second process of an interview that's called cognitive interviewing. And that's where you have your witness repeat the story, but you start at the end or you start in the middle or you hone in on one fact and have them explain what happened from there backwards. There's several of those clues. And of course, there's other things we do as we advance the investigation forward, you know, looking for evidence, uh, cooperation. You know, I had a, a slick kind of way of doing that as I'd, um, and I, I stumbled on this method by accident. I thought I had hit record on my recorder and they went through the whole story and I looked down and realized it wasn't recording. And I said, oh my, I can't believe it. I forgot to hit record. I hate to ask you this, but could, could you run that by me again? I felt really embarrassed, but then when I realized, whoa, this is a this could be a good effective method. So I tried it a few times, and there was something about the individual or their descriptions that you know I felt maybe there was something kind of screwy about it. Then I would accidentally not record and have them do it again, and uh, I never did really catch anybody. I always had the exact same story repeated to me, so I guess I've been lucky. But uh, but that's that's kind of a sneaky way of. Doing doing it, which I discovered completely by accident. We're going to have an accident if we don't break. Okay. We have Chase Kletsky. We have Chris O'Brien. Happy birthday, Chris O'Brien, by the way. Oh, thank you. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Don't know what's in your drinking water? Better get a ProPure. With the Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one filter, remove over 200 contaminants, including fluoride and lead. Taste water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure water filtration products. There's a ProPure system for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details on our current free shipping special or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. 
Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hey guys, Pat Matthews here to tell you about the newest and best way to sell products online. It's buysellmakeoffer.com, an enormously revolutionary way to sell your stuff online. It's time to clean out the garage, your old golf clubs, sports equipment, tools, and yes, even your car. Forget about the way the other guys have taken more than their share from you when the sales were finalized. Look, it's happened to me over and over and over. Then I found buysellmakeoffer.com. They will never charge you item fees. Just go there right now to sign up and load all your stuff to our server to sell. This is not an auction site. Sell your car. Sell your home. Realtor, sign up now. Just use our resources along with Skype and videos, then add your creativity to sell your items quickly and with no fees. Go right now to buysellmakeoffer.com and sign up. The excitement is building. I've signed up to sell my stuff with buysellmakeoffer.com. You should too. Buysellmakeoffer.com. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 per life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com at sonsoflibertyteam.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I understand Chris's birthday is March 24th, which is when we're doing this episode. We have investigator Chase Kletsky 
from MUFON. She's telling us about her tried and true investigative techniques, and we were honing in on matters of deception. But before that, what areas of eyewitness testimony are people less able to give accurately? I heard from one investigator, it's timelines. It's very difficult. Well, how long did you see this object or this phenomenon? Is that correct? Sometimes. My experience is that the hardest thing for witnesses to even agree on if there are multiple witnesses at an event, and that is the size of an object or how high it was. I think that's very difficult for people to be exact. You know, there's little triggers that we use or little tricks, you know, hold your hand out. Would it be the size of a golf ball and, you know, things like this. But if there was one thing that was most difficult, it would be um, how high was it? You know, what size exactly do you think it was? I I found that uh, duration and sequence, uh, what happened first, what happened second, what happened third, tends to fluctuate. Um, I always use that, uh, you know, holding an object at arm's length. And I said uh, the full moon is is the size of an aspirin held at arm's length. Uh, uh, An aspirin would cover the full moon. Tell me how large the object is. And I I tend to get pretty accurate uh, descriptions uh, from person to person in a multiple witness account. So I didn't find that to be as much of a problem as the actual sequence of events and, and duration. Well, the sequence of events, you know, I have forms for that. So I can track their sequence of events. If you're talking about the interview process where, you know, they can't remember, well, wait a minute, did that happen first? I I really haven't found that that much. And when I'm talking about, you know, the size of an object or how high it is, even for someone like me, well, you know, was was it 12,000 feet in the air or was it 10,000 feet in the air? And that 2,000 feet is a big deal, or that 200 feet is a really big deal when you're trying to calculate, you know, things from, um, you know, low Earth orbit satellites to drones. I think it was, for me, it was that. Yeah. Sometimes the fact of the distance of the object, the speed of the object, and the size can separate something conventional from unconventional. And one example, one notorious example would be the Kenneth Arnold sighting on June 24th. 1947, it sort of started the UFO phenomenon for a lot of people. In people looking at the research later on, if you look at what Arnold said about the distance of the object and everything, it's unconventional. However, some suggest that maybe if you consider the possibility of error on Arnold's part, that may show that this may have been something conventional like a test aircraft, but it all depends on the distance and the speed. If it's going too fast, then it cannot possibly be conventional. Absolutely. And uh, Kenneth Arnold, I believe, you know, being a pilot would be considered a trained observer, especially in the air. So his testimony on the speed, the distance would be more likely to be accurate than mine sitting in a passenger seat in the aircraft. So that's why we like the pilots and trained observers as police officers, military personnel. Um, They tend to be our kind of golden witnesses in ufology. And yet, as, as Chris will tell you, you just don't doubt, you know, the 60 year old lady in the, in the, 
you know, a farm in Kentucky because that wouldn't lie for anything. So, you know, it really is up to the investigator to take responsibility when they accept a case to really work it. And that also includes credibility and honing in if, if we're having a problem, seeing that the size of an object or the distance or speed is something that's hard to calculate. We document that appropriately, that these are estimates and why we believe that that witness might have a hard time with that discernment. Does the factor of previous sightings impact how you judge a case? Yes, and it shouldn't, but it does. (laughs) There's been times when, you know, you, you take that UFO report and you're out talking to the witness and you're looking around and all you see are UFO books and, you know, UFO DVDs and magazines and, you know, they've done so much research and it will cause a bit of concern, although it doesn't necessarily negate the investigation or, or form an opinion at that moment, but it is something we consider. Yeah, it's almost like wishful thinking. One of the things that I've found is uh, there are people out there that just desperately want to have an interesting uh, sighting or some sort of uh, inexplicable experience, uh, and, and they lust after that. So that yeah. tends to raise the possibility that someone may be reading more into a mundane event, let's say, than uh, than is warranted. So, yeah, I agree that that can be a problem. I find that more in suburban and urban context out in the country you don't have that as much um and most of my investigative work happened you know out with farmers ranchers uh people like that it's when you get into the towns that you get more of the uh quasi hysterics who uh have venus beaming them and communicating with them or something Uh, oh i always wondered about someone beaming at me (laughs) you know that would be really crazy when you do these interviews and when the people at mufon do the interviews based on the training Do they also look into other possible strange encounters, not just UFOs? Maybe you saw a ghost, maybe you saw Bigfoot. Is that ever considered or looked into? That would depend on the individual investigator, but it is MUFON's policy to just investigate UFO reports. We don't like to mix our sciences, and I don't mean we as a MUFON, um, as communities. You even, if you you find yourself in a Bigfoot community, bringing up the possibility that a lot of these Bigfoot sightings are, you know, usually precursed with, you know, strange lights in the sky. Could it possibly be UFO and, oh, the meltdowns, right? People don't like to mix their sciences. And for MUFON, you know, the policy is more to to stay within the scientific agenda of UFO investigations. However, over the decades, we're also fully aware that it's very common for people that have had an experience or are allegedly have had experiences or contact that they're plagued with paranormal type activity that is not normally associated with UFOs. So, you know, this is a learning process as we study this phenomena over the decades. But I agree. I think I, I don't think they're all related, meaning paranormal cryptids and UFOs. However, I believe the the physics behind some of this phenomena is related. So that's, of course, just making an assumption at the beginning that they aren't related. Why do that? Well, I don't. I, 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 there's no evidence that they're related. However, we... There's suspect- no evidence they're not related, is there? Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that, that deeply, but you're absolutely right. Um, I just, you know, if people report certain incidences, um, 
you know, we, we tend to focus on that. However, um, yeah, but yeah, it's a fine I, line between having blinders on and, and, um, and being open-minded and open to the possibility. There may be some sort of connection. I've had, I had seven Bigfoot sightings in eight days and they were preceded and, um, I guess, followed by a wave of UFO activity. And there was actual activity during that week period as well. So it was very difficult for me to keep these um, these events in the same region, um, you know, compartmentalized. Uh, to me, there was a connection coincidentally or, you know, just uh, incidentally. Um, and, and also I've noticed uh, strange weather. I've noticed aberrant social behavior. I've noticed other things that tend to ebb and flow with uh, outbreaks of um, inexplicable reports, shall we say. And so right. we, we have to be open-minded to that. But of course, yeah, you don't want to be mixing apples with oranges well, um, unless there's, there's, there's cause. Let's hold that response, Chase, to our next okay. segment. Folks, please check out The Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We offer the After the Paracast podcast as part of that package exclusive to members of Paracast Plus We've also begun to add complete show transcripts for several of our most popular episodes. We recently introduced a Paracast Plus video channel. We will have a special section for classic Paracast episodes at the Paracast Plus. Plus Plus.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. This is Sharon Hunt. Before using heart and body extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic. But after taking heart and body extract, my energy level has improved greatly and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, heart and body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Planning to buy food storage? Wait a minute. Many companies try to confuse you with the number of servings they sell. It's not about the number of servings. It's about the number of calories. In emergencies, calories mean survival. Go to ReadySupplyFoods.com for a comparison of leading companies. Ready Supply Foods sells the most calories per dollar of any company. Our 23 entrees and breakfasts are delicious and full of nutritious calories. The new leader in value and quality. Go to ReadySupplyFoods.com today. 
This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President of Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Chase Kletsky joining Gene and Chris, and we're talking about investigative methods where Chris was pointing out that maybe it's a good idea to consider at least the possibility that other paranormal events have a relationship to UFOs. So you get to the point where you're arguing here, Chase? No, not at all, because I agree with Chris. Absolutely. Uh, the only thing is, is I would take the UFO type sightings that he referred to in the scenario before we went to break, if you, unless you could directly connect that with the Bigfoot sightings. In other words, you see a Bigfoot come out of that uh, a craft, then we have a direct correlation. Until then, um, until we have proof that they're related, Although I agree, you know, all these things must be documented and considered, but I would probably investigate the UFO incident separately from the Bigfoot. And if there was reason to believe that there was a direct connection, then I would take that further. So he, he's right, but we see this a lot with the different fields. And in my book, I also talk that, you know, having having that open mind because I've yeah, it's actually... A fine line. It is. And I've actually been to UFO cases where what was described to me clearly fit more of a paranormal situation. And we've gone forward with that avenue and, and things worked out great. So you do, I, it's the responsibility you take as an investigator, it, you know, basically how far you want to go and study. And because a lot of this is study and research. Yeah. 
you know, we do have a, uh, we didn't have much time to put up a, a thread at Question Bank uh, on the Paracast forum at forum.theparacast.com. This is where our, our listeners and forum members can ask questions of our guests. And Honeypot here has an interesting uh, question that, that relates to, uh, as he puts it, uh, or she puts it, I think, um, you've always said your now famous giant triangle sighting in Tennessee was too good to be true. Um, why don't you first of all give us? Um, we'll take this particular uh, personal case, um, and then um, start picking it apart a little bit here. Um, and he has a whole list of questions. They're very interested in, in finding out more about this particular event. So you had a, a really riveting uh, triangle sighting. It sounds like I did. It was 2010 in a very very rural area of Tennessee, and. Uh, what Honeypot was referring to was this night was crazy. You know, I went to the went to a witness house with another investigator, and the thing that I kind of fall into every once in a while is you never expect to become a witness. When you we usually are investigating these things after the fact, so you know, going out to the witness's house, although he was quite excited that evening that this is, he was already seeing things that always led into bigger events and bigger sightings for the evening, which is why we jumped in our car and went out to his house. Um, What happened that evening was we had a witness that originally reported orange orbs. And as of course, um, interviewing the witness and talking to him further, more and more information would come out that, you know, they were chasing these uh, down these dirt roads and these country roads, which I thought was fascinating because how many times do you hear that these balls of light or these orange orbs are, you know, maneuvering in a way that you can actually chase them down a road and follow them. So there was a lot of interesting aspects But um, there was a time in the interview where he mentioned the big triangles and I had an appointment to go out and and see him a couple days um, from when I got this phone call. So we had an appointment on like a Saturday or Sunday and I got a call on a Thursday and he said, you need to come out now because things are already happening and this is always what leads into the bigger things. So I did. I jumped in the car, ran up to Memphis, got a, another investigator, and you know we hightailed it to his house. When we got there, we pulled up in his driveway, and he was very, very excited to see us. And immediately as we got out of the car, just walked us to the end of his driveway and pointed out over his backyard up in the sky. And he, w- he was telling us to you know, look up there. Do you see this? And he's pointing things out. And at first it was a little difficult. Um, but then I'm making it out and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's like these little lights and, you know, they're popping in and they're kind of grouping and maneuvering together. It's something that I'd never really seen before. So I was excited and it's almost like they were performing, um, like a military, you know, uh, like the Blue Angels or something practicing, you know, where they're all in formation, then they break off and then they come back and, and retry that same drill. Well, then he looks, he goes, oh, there's another bunch. And I look over to the witness and he's pointing, you know, to the left, uh, more to the left part of the sky. 
And sure enough, there's another group. Well, during this time, it's getting darker. So now it's easier to see these. And I'm just fascinated. I remember looking at the other witness and, you know, I'm about ready to happy dance. You know, I'm keeping my professional demeanor, but I'm ready to break it out because I'm loving this. But at the same time, I'm, you know, looking at my tablet, I'm trying to, um, looking at Stellarium, you know, what's up there, what should be up there that we know of, um, what else could this be? I don't like satellite apps because, you know, is China really going to tell us where their satellites are or, you know, even ours is the NSA going to say. So I really don't focus too much on those type of apps, but I kind of looked anyway, because I couldn't believe what I'm seeing up here. Well, it wasn't too, too long, maybe 45 minutes we stood there and then he, he suggested we go into his cornfield because it was about 100 acres right down the road. And the corn at this time, because this is April, May time frame, and the corn was only about four or five inches high and very pliable so we could drive, walk, and it wasn't going to hurt the crops. But he said that's where we could get this humongous panoramic view. So sure enough, we're like, let's go. We jump in his truck. We He takes us down here. And honestly, guys, it's the biggest cornfield I've ever seen. You know, this little girl from Rhode Island. I'm like, you own all this? It was crazy. But we do. We move her. Um, he drives the truck into the field. And we maneuver further into the middle of it. And I'm setting up all my equipment, you know, tri-field meters, you know, all this compasses. Um, I, I had, you know, four different cameras, different makes and models. I'm setting all, you know, my little bag out because I love that stuff. And all of a sudden the witness says, oh my gosh, I think this is it. Chase, here it comes. And I remember looking up and I, I see a, a light off in the distance. And what surprised me is I expected to see the little dots in the sky like we had seen earlier. And that's not what it was. It was clearly like a plane coming at you when you see that headlight and you're thinking, oh, what's that light? And then it turns and it's clearly a plane. It was almost that bright, but it was definitely a white light and it's like heading towards us. So I'm standing there watching. I'm kind of leaning down, grabbing my camera at the same time. And I noticed two more white lights pop in behind it. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's three of them now. Well, as the craft started getting closer, it was that you could clearly see it's no longer three different lights or three different crafts. It was one big one with these three lights. And I honestly just remember just standing there absolutely blown away because I'm looking at this object come near us and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's that triangle. Like we've heard about these and it's right there. It, unbelievable. And the way it moved was very, very odd because it wasn't flying it wasn't being pulled. It wasn't floating or drifting, but those are probably the better words for it. But the way it moved was completely different. Absolutely silent. This craft, literally, as it comes closer to us, you start seeing the outline of the triangle, especially against the stars in the background. And it flies right over our head. Well, I'm frustrated guys, because I'm reaching down, I'm pulling up my equipment and nothing is working. Like everything is just dead. My first thought was we just had battery drained. This is common and, you know, paranormal, Bigfoot, you know, all the phenomena. And I'm like, son of a, so I was very, very aggravated. I did manage. That happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, and to be an investigator. And for me, this is the first, I've seen things I can't explain. Absolutely. I've been doing it for 20, almost 24 years. 
But when you're standing there seeing something that blatant, it was big. It was ominous. It was right there. And I have nothing like my cameras, all four of them. Nothing's working. Well, eventually, you know, it's it's flying off. Nobody's really saying anything. I think I mentioned I was going to throw this blanking camera across the field. I was so frustrated, but we're really not saying anything. And as the craft gets further away, I remember picking up my camera and, and just trying again. And actually, I have a few shots of it leaving, but I don't have those close-ups. Let's stop and do a break. Okay. All right. This is a good cliffhanger time. So let's hang the cliff. We have... Chase Kletsky with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So this is almost like the classic electromagnetic problem where things stop working when the UFO is close by. As it disappears... It gets better. Oh, it Did you have better. a mechanical, an SLR camera, a film camera that's just uh, not digital, but pure, purely mechanical? You are so funny because that's the biggest lesson I came off of this case with is a good old fashioned disposable Walmart. Exactly. I have the fanciest friggin' equipment on the planet. Some and of my uh, best shots have come with a box camera. 
Exactly. Wow. Well, continue. This is, uh, I mean, it's so rare for someone with the kind of experience you have in the field to actually have a witness that says, get over here right now. I, I know that feeling. And, and it's really exciting when when uh, you can get a real-time report and then you know hop up on your roof or jump in your car. I think this is great. So continue on. You got a few shots as it's leaving. Uh, what happened next? Well, I realized the camera was back on. So I started testing my other equipment. And it was the first time that it hit me. This wasn't battery drain. It's almost like it was jammed or frozen, but it just wasn't working. And now all of a sudden everything was back online, you know, so I'm, I'm remembering this in my head thinking I, I need to remember, but I was still nervous with the equipment and still wanted to run some tests. So I remember picking up my tri-field. I'm going to change the batteries on it anyway. The backing has those little screws in it that you have to take out. So I'm literally unscrewing the back of this. And all of a sudden, I don't even know why I said this, but I turned around. I said, anybody else feel like you're being watched? And I said, and I don't mean from up here. And it was at right after I said that, because I don't remember a reply, but it was right then I felt this fear, like, and it wasn't like I got nervous or fight or flight. There was all of a sudden this feeling that was pounded into us. It was physical. It was devastating. It it just was pushed right on us. And every single cell in my body was terrified, period. I just turned and started running. I don't know why I did that. Nobody was nervous. We were excited. We just saw this humongous friggin' triangle go over our heads. This is what we do. We're very excited at this point. But now I'm running as fast as I can, absolutely as fast as I can. When I turned to run, I do remember seeing the witness turn the exact same time, same direction, and he started running. He was off to my right-hand side when we did do this turn and started running. And I just remember running, running, running. And then all of a sudden I hit a brick wall. I, I mean, physically, bam, and stopped dead in my tracks. And I was shocked. You know, again, it hurt. It was, it was shocking. I, you're very confused, disoriented. But I, I didn't hit a wall. It was the witness. He had stopped in front of me and I ran right into him. I remember at that point him saying, what the F was that? He had a halogen flashlight in his left hand and he took his arm and he swung it to the left and not six feet from us is this little being about three and a half foot tall that almost looked like the classic gray, not quite close, almost looked like that classic gray. And I remember thinking, oh my God, it's not that cute little Roswell alien. And the next thing I knew we were running. And we, everybody was just booking the other investigator. I hadn't seen her until we had gotten to the truck. We all jumped in the truck. We bolted out of that cornfield. We end up back in his driveway. We all get out of the truck and nobody's saying anything. I just remember breaking the silence by kind of giggling a little thing. And I just said, like, what the heck was that? I'm like, oh my gosh. I looked at the other investigator and said, you guys, we can't talk about this. I told her to call the state director because now the investigators have just become witnesses. This has gotten out of hand. It's bigger than us. We need other people to come in because we can't talk about this anymore. So if you become part of the episode, part of the case, at that point, it's kind of like they do on crime procedurals. You recuse yourself. 
Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I continued to investigate, but not until we had other people on. The uh, Tennessee state director was on this, but Max Mitchell also came down immediately. Like Max Mitchell, I'm sorry, Eddie Middleton, the Tennessee state director, was there immediately. He was there the very next day. We all were, obviously, this friggin' thing. But, um, Yes, I was no longer the lead on this. Uh, other people took over the investigation. However, I stayed involved um, because I wasn't going anywhere, not after what had just happened to us. But it was after we got out of the vehicles. That first thing is I can't remember when that fear left. I, I can't describe to you guys what that kind of terror felt like. It was physical. I have a knot in my stomach t talking about it now um, after all these years. That fear is brutal. I remember my seven when I was seven years old. My experience when those when those beings turned sideways to the to the streetlight and came through like like pieces of paper, like they had no depth. I know that fear. Yeah, I believe it was something put on us. Whatever was going on that evening, we were not supposed to be in the middle of that cornfield. I think it's the only way they could get us out, uh, and that's the best I could come up with. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. Because I did leave that scene and that event. And two things I still will say today. One, bullcrap. Nobody gets everything in one night. The most perfect triangle and a little being, there was something in my gut telling me something was off that night. That I can't shake. I, yeah. I have that feeling from my gut. However, nothing came from that. But we were back in the cornfield. I, I can't remember when the fear left. And then, of, of course, my next question was, why the heck did we run? It didn't even make sense, guys, because this witness in this very um, vast area of, you know, nothing but farmland and pastures and um, the closest neighbors eight miles down the road type of, you know, situation they lived. When we first got there into the cornfield, uh, we get out of the truck, kind of, you know, pulling the back down so I can set up my equipment. And he pulls out this huge shotgun. And I, I kind of looked at him like, oh. <laughs> and I remember him saying, no, 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 Chase. No, no, no. The, I'm, I'm not a serial killer or anything. He said, we have a problem with coyotes out here. And, you know, this is for the protection. He reached over the tailgate and put the, the gun further back, but within reach. This isn't a guy who's used to running. He, he didn't say, if we see some coyotes running across the field, you girls jump up here. He brought a gun because this is the mentality. You don't dial 911 in this area. You take care of it. And then if you need the police to come, that's when you dial it. For all of us to run out of that cornfield, I still don't understand it. I'm not a runner. I'm, I'm tenacious. You know, I love to kick doors down. So, you know, there, there's not a lot of intimidation that would be a described in my character so I, too bad I, you I, didn't have a stinger uh, right <laughs> well this leads me to some questions from honeypot he's saying well you know why not just accept or suggest that this is being done by some humans that have the ability to project this technology at night 
Absolutely. know that the military and other developers of this technology have powerful psychological weapons, uh, you know, psychotronic-type weapons for use at nighttime. Uh, that you would be a perfect target to spread the word about UFOs. And he's suggesting or she's suggesting that someone targeted you to demonstrate this technology. You're a perfect target and set up with everything on cue. So do you think that this could have been some sort of weird PSYOPs-type projected uh, image, let's say, of, of the being, or that these uh, that could have been a lighter than air, let's say, uh, ship. I'm 100%. just asking their questions. I, I I would have my answers, but 100. That not only is that considered, but that's considered one of the most viable explanations to that evening. The problem is we can't prove it, and. The other problem is, is I don't believe this was more of a hoax situation because within a half hour, we were right back in that field because now I'm thinking, one, um, something I didn't mention in the story, um, but the, the cousins, while we were in the field, in the middle, the cousins that he described that would you know be with him chasing down some of these objects came down to the cornfield. I, you know, I'm sure they knew we were coming and just watching what we were doing. They were off to the side. We didn't speak to them or anything. And I kind of wondered, wow, their timing was perfect. I wonder if they had set up, you know, a little fake alien in the cornfield and then we see it. There was a part of me, I, we went through everything. We have Chase Kletsky with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts. Available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682.
Destroy harmful bacteria, allergens, bed bugs, dust mites, fleas in your home with the Ladybug Steam Vapor System. The Ladybug dives deep on surfaces without any toxic residue. Traditional control agents contain toxic chemicals which do more harm than good. Sanitize and disinfect using just water. Quick, fast, and surprisingly easy. Find out more now by calling 800-997-6584. Ask for Randy. That's 800-997-6584. Or go to advap.com slash GCN. That's advap.com slash GCN. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Ah, Chase, you do that justice. (laughs) Thank you. There was the consideration here whether this was all staged for you. Now, you mentioned earlier that as it was leaving, you did get some pictures when the camera started working. Yes. Now, what did they show those pictures? They basically just showed a couple lights in the sky. Um, the best we could do with the photo and the analysis was um, they weren't photoshopped. They weren't tampered with. And just like every other friggin' light in the sky, we have lights in the sky. Now, if this is a PSYOPs thing, How do they get your cameras to stop working? And this is why we can't prove it. There's other things about that evening that only came out later in investigation, you know, through interviews separately. But once we had all that done together, you know, I didn't even know the other witness that was with us. I'm sorry, the other investigator. And the reason I don't mention her name is she's completely left ufology. A couple weeks after this event, she got in a car and left. She left her family, her home, her like everything. And they nobody knew where she was for a long, long time. Wow. Now, <laughs> when you found her, because you said nobody knew for a long time, did she say anything? Did she give any reason why she did this? Well, no, because um, I wasn't part of that. I wasn't real close to her. However, I will tell you that many people came out and investigated this case after many people had their hands in trying to find out what happened. We were all together one time. Thank freaking goodness. There was a little Tennessee 
uh, UFO conference. Uh, Travis Walton was there speaking and we told the story for the first time and everybody was in the same room. The other uh, investigator was there, uh, Eddie Middleton, uh, Max Mitchell, everybody that was in involved in that investigation was in the room. As we told the story, one of the questions we got was, was there any discrepancies at all between what anybody had to say for that evening? In front of the entire conference, the only thing that came up was we were all over the place when we tried to describe how high the triangle was. Not one of us was even close to the other. That was the only discrepancy in the evening. But I didn't realize that the other investigator from where she was standing in the field never saw the being. She she never saw it for whatever reason. I don't know if it was a flashlight. I don't she was further, I know. She was standing further away from us. So it could have been where she was running or she was already placed past it. But forever, whatever reason, we knew pretty early on that she had not seen that being. At the end of everything, it was just the witness and myself that saw the being. But she cooperated everything else of the evening. She just didn't see that. So this was right after the great flood that you know flooded Memphis to Nashville. And the waters had receded enough, but everything was still wet and murky and muddy. I could retrace every step we made. I could tell where, you know, we all turned. I could even find exactly where I ran into that other witness. What I couldn't find were any footprints, you know, leading, you know, say a fake prop of an alien in the middle of the field, nor could I find any evidence of a being walking up. You know, this case was thoroughly, thoroughly investigated. Uh, We went after it forensically, scientifically. But Honey Pot's right. Right now, there's basically in my in my personal opinion, in my mind, as a witness, not an investigator, there's only two things that could have happened. Either we were absolutely subject to that type of technology that I also know exists, which makes sense to me, by the way, or this really did happen because what we saw that triangle, I don't know how they worked this. I would lay my life on the line that not only was that real, but that being was biological and standing right there. It was physical. However, I don't know what our technology is, you know, and the other reason it makes sense that the, I could be targeted for something like this is because my husband is active duty. My husband is a submarine commander and I don't know if what I do is an embarrassment to the boys, but they couldn't shut me up, right? They're not well, going to be. What, what does he think of that? I mean, do you guys have an understanding? Uh, is he okay with the fact that you're you're actually getting involved in these types of investigations and and subject matter? I mean, what what are his thinkings about that? Obviously, he must be fairly okay with it because you're still doing it. <laughs> We've been married thirty years. I can tell you, he wished I'd I rather like knitting. He doesn't like me going out to these <laughs> events. <laughs> Could you just crochet something or knit some socks? Right. Or get into <laughs> juicing or something else, anything but this. So no, he he doesn't like it. He's not a believer. He thinks it's cute what I do, but it makes me happy. And He's that's also his- gone for six months at a time. Yes. And unavailable even longer after that between the duty days and when they're getting prepared for deployments and things. So when he was fast attacks, definitely, you know, he was unavailable to his family nine and a half months a year. So the first eight years we were married, that's how we survived. 
And I do think that's part of it. If that's such a good thing to bring up, guys, is I think he realizes that, you know, I stood by really tough times. And, you know, when he was absent a lot, you know, I sucked it up because I loved him. You know, you suck it up and you keep the home going and you keep the family strong and all about dad. And, you know, I raised two boys. We raised two boys and they absolutely worship their father. I think boys need a dad and need a hero. So, you know, but I think all of that plays in, you know, he's kind of a golden boy. You know, if the Navy couldn't shut me up and my husband, to his credit, has never once told me to shut up or quit. You have two boys. How old are they? And do they have any interest at all in this stuff? Uh, My oldest son is 35 and my youngest son is 27. I think that's, so. It's impossible. You look like a kid. How, no. can, how can you have such old kids? You must have oh. started uh, pretty young there, girl. It was. I was four. And, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're older children. Uh, they do not, um, they're both active duty as well. Oh, so wow. my youngest. You're in a military family there. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so honestly, um, but my youngest, they're interested, but. Um, Again, it's it's very cursory, like the average person that would be going through and hit this, you know, history channel and see an episode of Ghost Hunters or something. They would really like it and they're interested, but they're not going anywhere on the Internet with it. So, but my grandchildren, which my oldest is 13, and they love this. Uh, They know what I do and they're always asking questions. And, you know, everywhere I go on an investigation, been in the... Louisiana in the swamps, uh, looking for the Honey Island Swamp Monster. I've been in the coal mines of Kentucky and everywhere I go, I pick them up something. So I, you know, I actually might, you know, grabbed a little piece of coal on my way out, put it in my pocket. So, you know, he just thinks it's really cool what I do. It it does tend to skip a generation like that. That's why Native American grandparents uh, end up uh, training the grandkids in uh, medicine, uh, information, healing, that sort of thing. Well, this kind of brings us to a question from one of our, our female participants at forum.theparacast.com. Sue, she's been a member of the forum for three years, and she asks good questions. And and she's really excited that you're on, and she wants to know why so few women are or have been involved in ufology to date. And she's, she's wondering, as a female active in the field, what do you consider your biggest challenges have been, and, and have they changed as your career progressed? And are there any advantages to actually being a female investigator? That's the first set of questions. Chase, you'll answer those questions in our next segment with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, a question on the table for Chase Kletsky, our guest this week in the Paracast with Gene and Chris. Go ahead, please. Sue, thank you. Those are amazing questions. And um, I've never really considered myself a female investigator. Um, I think I'm too busy and working. 
But she's absolutely right. It does come up every once in a while. And uh, the UFO field can be at times kind of a little good old boys club. That's difficult. It's difficult sometimes. It's why I'm enjoying this interview so much. There are times when I'll uh, maybe get asked to do another show and I get the cute fluff questions. And the truth is, is I'm out here, you know, kicking doors just as hard as anyone else. And, you know, really digging in and, and coming up with some great content. And we don't get the credit sometimes like the boys will. And that's okay. One day. Um, well, there, are, there are exceptions. I mean, you have, of course, Jenny Randles and Ann Druffel and Linda Howe. Um, you know, there yes. have been exceptions, but it must must be uh, difficult to to uh, for some people to get, get around that in dealing with you. Um, I, I personally have, I think more women, way more women should be involved because, number one, women tend to have a better bedside manner with witnesses. I think they have an intuitive sense that some guys sort of uh, sublimate or don't pay attention to. I mean, there's a lot of advantages, at least in my perceptions, of, of having women out in the field. But, you know, what advice would you give uh, young people who want to get involved in this, especially women, based on how your career has progressed, what sort of advice would you give somebody, uh, you know, a, a, a teenage girl, for instance, with a passion for the subject matter that wants to get involved? Besides dealing with the old boys club, which with the, they're all dying off eventually here. But uh, <laughs> you're right. It is an older group. I think the first advice is don't identify yourself as a female investigator. I, you know, if you want to be an equal, um, if you want it, you have to be that. So so be good at your job. Uh, don't worry about being female. Get in there and, and play hard. That would be my first advice. My my second piece of advice is don't try to break into the place they already don't want you. Uh, meaning if you got a group of old boys, well, don't act like the guy to get in there. They don't want you and you're not going to be happy there. So, you know, let them have their space. It's okay. Create your own. I think sometimes, you know, I'm so busy working in my own yard. I, I don't even know if the neighbors is greener. That's the mentality I really would like these girls. And the the biggest thing, and we see this, I call it the Kardashians of today. You know, they want to be famous for nothing. Do not use your femininity to gain attention or think that that's going to give you any kind of credentials out in the field. It takes work. It's hard. It takes things, you know, time away from your family, money out of your pocket. And that's where you're going to find the credibility and respect at the end. If you're looking for attention, you can get it. But don't use that femininity as a tool tool, out here. Just be good. Just do your job. Let me take you to another realm because we're past the halfway point here. And it's about your investigation. You've covered, obviously, fairly typical or atypical sightings. Certainly, the triangle is rather fascinating. What about UFO abductions? Do you get personally involved in those or do you hand it off to someone like Kathleen Martin? I will take them so far. Absolutely. And I'll help some of our researchers in that community, you know, vet the witnesses um, instead of just keep throwing them, you know, case after case. I do. But I also, it's such a special population. I don't think that just everybody, even really good investigators, it's a specialty. You know, our witnesses that believe that they're abducted or believe that they've had contact with things that are not supposed to exist deserve uh, people with that professionalism and that uh, specialty. 
just like I would prefer people not try to collect evidence if they don't have proper tools. So that's kind of, you know, I definitely will pass on witnesses at a certain point when I feel like I've done them as much as I could. Now let's get you in, in a group that you're going to get better, better service. That's a good answer. I, I think that uh, it is a specialized talent and it's very controversial. Um, and I think accredited professionals should be involved. I've often said uh, about my own personal uh, up close and, and personal experience as a young boy that I don't need to know more about it. I'm not that curious and I don't want to, maybe it's a case of prying open Pandora's box or something. But if I ever did get regressed, it would be by somebody that had absolutely no interest in the field and had no connection to the field at all. And that would be the only way I would do it. Um, where do you come down uh, on on the whole abduction uh, controversy? There's a couple of questions here um, that, that have to deal with that. And, and Sue wanted to know what's your opinion on the use, for instance, of regressive hypnosis as an investigative tool. Absolutely. I, it's something that they would like to pursue. Like you, Chris, I've been asked um, at least a hundred times, would I like to go under and find out if anything more happened that we don't remember on that evening? No, I'm good right now. So I'm not the least bit curious. I'm more curious about what happened um, versus what I'm not remembering. But um, I do believe that regression is a, is a good tool, but I would also not use UFO people. I, I don't use UFO people for my evidence, my labs, my analysis, even my photos. I just don't because I think it's like the prosecution trying to be a burden of proof with only their witnesses. It's not going to happen, guys. Right. And if we're going to invest all this time and money into working cases, especially when you have people um, that are absolutely experiencing something uh, big, you know, we have to do it right. It has to be done right. And it has to be done scientifically, professionally with accredited people. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, which kind of leads me to a question uh, by Eric the Red. He doesn't post many questions, but when he does, they're good ones. And he's wondering, um, do you think it's at all likely that abductions are real? And if so, what do you think the best arguments are for thinking so? Where's the physical evidence that we all lust after that would be a slam dunk to indicate that uh, high strange events have happened other than people waking up with their, you know, underwear on or their bedclothes on inside out and backwards, that sort of thing. Uh, where's the physical evidence? Where's the, uh, you know, some sort of anything that we can sink our teeth into to determine once and for all that this is a real phenomenon and not completely psychological or somehow, I don't know, psychosocial in, in, in nature? I, that is a great question. Um, I, I consider this a lot because when it comes to physical testable evidence, there's not a lot out there. We hear about the uh, implants, uh, well, you know, scoop marks, you know, there's physical traces, physical effects, but I know what he's talking about. Where's the absolute evidence? And if we're dealing with a technology, um, when you're listening to the abductees, and we now have decades of witnesses, you know, that's got to mean something when you have so many people. And again, don't think of these guys all as, you know, crazy love and lighters. That's not the reality of um, who claims that these experiences have happened to them. It's a vast population. It's a worldwide population. Um, but think of what they're saying. 
um, I, I saw these beings come through my wall. Um, I was taken up and I went through my ceiling. If these are true, it's a physics we haven't unlocked yet. It's tomorrow's physics. And I believe that's where the evidence is going to be. However, I, I can't tell you how many times I'm frustrated as an investigator when I hear of an abductee saying that, well, they come through my door and the investigator, I called them the next day and they were at my house and they wrote down what I said, but nobody went and, you know, wiped a, you know, a swab down where the witness will tell you they came in. We have to keep checking if, if even if evidence doesn't look obvious, you know, for me, if a witness tells me that they saw a being come through their wall, I'd go right up to that wall and start, you know, taking forensics. I would, you know, swab it. Um, I would try luminol. Right. Once, Whip out your black light. Yes. You become the CSI person to do that. Let's explore this further about investigating a possible abduction with Chase Kletsky and Gene. And Chris, you're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Destroy harmful bacteria, allergens, bed bugs, dust mites, fleas in your home with the Ladybug Steam Vapor System. The Ladybug dies deep on surfaces without any toxic residue. Traditional control agents contain toxic chemicals which do more harm than good. Sanitize and disinfect using just water. Quick, fast, and surprisingly easy. Find out more now by calling 800-997-6584. Ask for Randy. That's 800-997-6584. Or go to advap.com slash GCN. That's advap.com slash GCN. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Destroy harmful bacteria, allergens, bed bugs, dust mites, fleas in your home with the Ladybug Steam Vapor System. The Ladybug dies deep on surfaces without any toxic residue. Traditional control agents contain toxic chemicals which do more harm than good. Sanitize and disinfect using just water. Quick, fast, and surprisingly easy. Find out more now by calling 800-997-6584. Ask for Randy. That's 800-997-6584. Or go to advap.com slash GCN. That's advap.com slash GCN. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You want to hear our second radio show after the Paracast? There's only one way to do that. And that is to join the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S .theparacast.com. We offer also the ad-free version of this show, all for a modest subscription fee. Check it out, plus.theparacast.com. Chase Kletsky, Ace Investigator, how's that? It's so great to be with you guys. This is a really good show. <laughs> well, thank you. That's the way, of course, you win brownie points here. So <laughs> this is something I've wondered about, too. We have all these reports of UFO abductions, and this concerned me, for example, just a couple of weeks back. We had Phyllis Spudinger on the show, and she mentioned analyzing Betty Hill's dress, the one she wore during that abduction in 1961, but there was no alien DNA on it. But they had powder, the pink powder. Okay. Did she talk about that? She covered a lot of what she did, yes. Okay, good. Okay, so here is the question I have. If all these things are happening, how many people out there are doing what you're suggesting, which is to try to take these tests, look for trace evidence? Unfortunately, not many. And that is, it it isn't a concern, but it, it is a problem. I believe, you know, as an investigator, we have to take personal responsibility. MUFON's not going to give you that equipment, but every chance you can, if you can buy one more piece. And I believe that if we need to scientifically prove things or if we're looking for admissibility and to meet a burden of proof and do right by our witnesses when, you know, our phone's ringing and we promise them we'll investigate, we have to hone in on these skills. You can't show up to an investigation empty-handed. Uh, people expect you to do your job. You know, for anybody listening out there, if you have an investigator that's, you know, just listened to what you had to say, wrote some notes and left, dude, call someone else. 
It's, now, that's an interesting point here. This is all predicated on the assumption that a UFO abduction is an external physical event. It's not happening internally. It's not someone interacting with something. Right, right. To me, I I wouldn't even touch a case. Like, I would not accept a case if I, if I thought this was something internal. I don't have the skills or the background to do right by this witness. I would definitely, you know, send them somewhere else or recommend people that they can talk to. However, I do believe abductions happen because of the witnesses and, you know, there are things left behind. I'm not saying there's no physical evidence. We haven't discovered it yet. Um, we have things of medical reports of, you know, women's uteruses being altered when, you know, not all, a whole bunch, but, you know, when three weeks earlier, you know, they were pregnant and that was documented. And now there's absolutely nothing left. Although there's some syndromes like that, case after case after case that yeah, was- they're, they're rare. Right. I had a case like that, actually, that um, um, some uh, it was a missing pregnancy and a stack of, uh, of evidence. In fact, a comment by the obstetrician- uh, when they examined her, it was like she had never been pregnant. Exactly. Now, when you start seeing this being part of this abduction over decades, you know, women that aren't into the UFO phenomena, women of all different ages and backgrounds all over the world. What happens when you take somebody in a, a village of Bolivia? What part of History Channel has she been watching? Nothing. There's trading machetes and sheep. Why would she make something like that up? It's, you know, so that's why I believe the abductions are real. Um, I know witness testimony isn't something we're supposed to ponder and, and look at the preponderance of evidence. I understand that. But sometimes it's, it's just overwhelming. We have decades and decades and decades of abductions. Betty and Barney Hill Oh my gosh, back in the early 60s as a biracial couple coming out saying that they believed that you know they were abducted by aliens. Right? These were people clearly not looking for attention. Give me a break. That's crazy right there. Now the thing I'm wondering about here too and I think you maybe didn't understand what I was saying before. I'm sorry. That that something is an internal experience which means it happened in their mind or they perceive something which doesn't have a physical presence doesn't mean it's not real and doesn't mean there is no external cause. Do you get my point? Yes. Are you talking more paranormal? Like It would be verging on that. In other words, you know, it could be some sort of, um, I don't know, alternative timeline that they experience that they're somehow flashing on in this timeline, let's say, uh, if you want to go with some sort of many worlds you know, physics scenario, that would be one example. Another example would be uh, remembering something, let's say, from some past incarnation. Um, I mean, you could come go down the list with, with various right. potential explanations, none of which would be seriously considered by any sort of academic or, or scientist for the most part. But, you know, there, there, there is a physicality to the phenomenon. There is a deeply psychological aspect to the phenomenon and there may be some sort of gray area sort of an overlap there that we uh, as yet uh, we just don't understand it um so it is a lot more complicated the abduction mystery to me i think just looking at where abduction claims occur around the planet you'll find that there's vast areas that that do not experience this to our knowledge 
And there, there are vast parts of the, of, of, of the globe that just, this is not part of, of any sort of cultural reality, for lack of a better term. You know, it's like seeing an alien gray. This was a, a, an absolutely an American uh, description for a long time before the media got a hold of it. And then somehow we started getting, you know, descriptions of these creatures as being like alien grays uh, coming from South America, coming from from Europe. But, but it started out as being almost uh, exclusively, I think, uh, an American uh, description. Um, so I think we are dealing with some cultural um, elements that really have not been uh, adequately explored. At least that's my opinion. But let's let's move on because we're uh, man. This show is really flying by, and, and I do have a bunch of questions here from our from. It's amazing how many questions were posted just in the uh, the short space of time that we announced that uh, you were going to be on the show. One thing that we do constantly cover here is the the role of true believers and the new age, and how people that have sort of you know, suspended their disbelief tend to drive the field now with these these uh, David Wilcock and Corey Good and Andrew Basaggio and all these you know Serpo, all these incredible claims that have absolutely no evidence to back them up. And Eric the Red wants to know, you know, the 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 uncritical true believers, New Age UFO cultists, and media sensationalists do serious harm to the prospects of UFOs being taken seriously as a real subject of investigation, especially by academia and the scientific community. With your experience of, of almost twenty five years, what do you think should be done to somehow, um, you know, ameliorate the the damage that these true believer types are doing to the field? I mean, what can we do? You know, that that is something we discuss all the time because um, Eric's absolutely right. It's it's dominating. And even at conferences or the television shows, when you turn on and, you know, I call these proclamations. And, you know, if the theories of UFOs isn't um, controversial enough, let's let's pull in some of the other things. But, you know, it's. There's so few of us out here, Chris, as you know, and Jean, it's so few of us out here that are really trying to attack this field dispassionately and looking to meet that admissibility and burden of proof. I mean, that's what drives us. How do we, you know, challenge the other part of this trending um you know, the latest trends in ufology. I, I don't know the answer to that, Eric, but boy, if you find one, let us know because. Um, <laughs> oh, oh boy. God. Yeah. That's uh boy here, here. I'll second that particular. <laughs> well, and then we have suggestion. the Cardassians, you know, it's, it's this new Facebook uh, generation coming up that, you know, Hey, I, you know, I put on a black shirt and I got a cool pose. I'm a paranormal team now. And I demand the respect of that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I think, you know, there's maybe it's to celebrate and and not give them as much attention anymore. I I don't go to those conferences. I don't speak at those conferences. Um, th- there was one that um, I spoke at, and I, I guess I didn't realize that I was adding to it. But you know, since that realization, I'm like, I will not do that. I, I try to keep myself in you know, birds of a feather flock together. I try to yeah. keep myself in a group of people that are very. Um, earnest in meeting that scientific and public scrutiny. Right. You don't like to get slimed just like me. (laughs) (laughs) We will get slimed if we don't do our break. Okay. So before we get the blue slime or whatever color it's going to be this week, 
We have Chase and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all... Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Oh, Yes. We're going to start a chorus of people here. <laughs> Chase Kletsky, Gene, and Chris. Now, all this research you're doing is very much predicated on the possibility or the certainty to you that UFOs, it's a physical phenomenon. Do you therefore embrace spaceships or anything else, or you don't go that direction? I do. I do believe that there are physical objects. It's not all there is. I don't believe we, can, we have to choose one or the other when it comes to theories of UFOs. I do believe that there are physical ships out here, but I also believe that we investigate two kinds of physical objects that are reported to us, ours and theirs. With the technologies you know that we have and and you even look at the black op budget it it's just ridiculous um obviously we're not privy to that and yet we have all these tidbits and everything from president reagan to you know um skunk works and you know these guys coming out blatantly telling us you know we have things that's 
you know, make sci-fi look like a reality show. And we have for years. Um, what is it? Robert Bigelow um, is quoted saying on, uh, I believe it was Jesse Ventura's TV show. You don't even know what you don't know yet. What? Wait. Whoa. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, whoa. <laughs> like, uh, Mr. Bigelow, <laughs> please, can we have another moment? It's it's shocking some of the comments they make, um, uh, you know. Well, some of that could be done just as coyness and stuff. But since you brought up the subject sure. of Robert Bigelow and being one of the uh, coordinators of the uh, fabled MUFON star team, where do you come down on the whole controversy during the uh, the James uh, Carrion era of uh, MUFON here back uh, a few years back when Bigelow helped fund uh, the star team and then started vacuuming up the best cases? I mean, is it true that he... He took some of the cases away from MUFON and MUFON wasn't able to really follow through with some of the investigations because Bigelow co-opted the, uh, the particular cases. Uh, where do you come down on that whole, that whole controversy? Well, I believe the field investigators that told me that was true. And, um, and I do believe them. And I do believe this happened. Um, what I don't believe is that MUFON did that on purpose. I think they got had. Um, I think this 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 money guy comes in and, you know, offers, you know, this great amount of money, which who of us out here wouldn't love to be funded? The things we could do if I just had, you know, a little more money, I'd be all over the place. The things were missing because, you know, we don't have that. Um, and I think MUFON felt the same way. So, you know, here's a guy with a nice big check and they didn't know what they were in for. I think these guys that thought that this was a good idea in the end, I, I know it was a regret. Um, even, even Bigelow's come out and said that the only business decision I ever made that I, I know was a bad one was getting in bed with MUFON. But MUFON says the same thing about them. So it didn't work. It's something that I wish it had because it would be nice to be funded. Yeah. We'd be further. Well, the board of directors did. I mean, they were involved in some pretty, well, I don't want to say shady and underhanded, but I had a uh, an anonymous source send me a bunch of documentation uh, back and forth uh, between board members, between Bigelow Aerospace, that did suggest that there was um, some collusion going on. There was some questionable damage control that uh, went on. I don't think a lot of this information was made public. It, it's not really that well known. Some of the machinations that went on. But do you think there's hope for an organization like MUFON that seems to have this singular focus that uh, really has to do with raising money and, and getting new members. Uh, I mean, this whole Hangar One show, uh, granted, it has gotten a little Sorry. better, but it's... Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my well, gosh. we, we got to discuss this stuff because you are, I mean, you're Deputy Director of Investigations here, and I know you have a responsibility to support the organization, but you also, you know, are sitting in a place where you can really you know, get the inside track on some of this stuff. So well, the truth is when the truth becomes inconvenient, then I don't even want to apologize to, about that. And I've very open about, um, I was a star team manager that de developed that program after Bigelow. And I did catch a couple of high ranking MUFON members with the hand in the cookie jar. And when it wasn't addressed properly, I resigned in protest for it and was very open and called them out by name often as much as I could because they betrayed the organization of MUFON. And of course, there were many people and, and some still do think that I betrayed MUFON by bringing it out to light. That's not how I see it. I think that when the truth becomes inconvenient, 
then you need to redirect yourself, especially as a UFO organization that's trying to call out the government for telling lies. Come on, guys. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, Wait. really. It's kind of the pot calling the kettle uh, yeah. aluminum or something. <laughs> so you're no longer involved with MUFON. I am. Um, I left them in 2011. And just more recently, I was out of MUFON for four years. There's an entire new team of leadership in MUFON. Right. And the way we're going to solve a good guy. Not- he's a little naive, in my opinion, but you got to love him. He's, he's got a, a, a big heart. He does have a bit of a flair for, for PR and uh, attracting new membership. But it's getting watered down. Um, we're not seeing the real dedicated, steady focus on the scientific investigation of UFOs, which is part of their, their, um, you know, their, their mantra. And, uh, I, I see it being watered down a little bit. How about you? Do you see, uh, do you see problems with, with the emphasis possibly shifting? Um, I do. I think, uh, a lot of investigators out here are, you know, kind of wanting, we understand that we were in a position as an organization that the best thing to do for the organization is to focus on image and maybe a little money because we have to keep the lights on. And if you want a professional arena, that costs money, as you know. Um, but at the same time, to maintain that focus as a new direction and move on, I believe could be a problem. And because our focus needs to stay with the people who rely on us to investigate their reports. And when we lose sight of the witnesses being our, our heart and soul of why we exist, the people that will get on that internet and the trust that they have, I mean, the, the hope that they have when somebody will put something like that in a report and trust us with it. It's a huge responsibility, and we have to take it more serious. Well, and there's also the 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 fact that uh, the average age in MUFON is is up there, uh, long in the tooth. And Eric the Red's wondering if MUFON has ever considered trying to establish chapters on college campuses. These could be effective training grounds for future researchers, could open up a few more minds, and could possibly elicit interest among graduate students and professors in technical fields that you could apply to the the mystery. And also, it would you, the un, unstated thing here. It would also interest a new generation of investigators. To, to pick up the baton and, and move the rock down the field, uh, any cliche you want to want to throw at it. But, uh, you know, MUFON is is uh, an older uh, crowd, and we need to get some new blood in there. But and who put- has the time to invest? And, and you know how much time this takes, Chris, and money. It's usually more the retiree community. There is a huge emphasis trying to get uh, new blood into MUFON and to target these. Eric's absolutely right. We need this generation. What we're finding is they come into MUFON, and if it's not all Mulder and Scully or 30-second gratification— You mean i got to actually do something? Almost, <laughs> or if it takes too long, or there's a lot of reasons that the, the new generation does everything on computer or smartphones and apps. And, you know, so until we get to this level and figure out how we investigate— we're never going to investigate on a phone, guys. It's a bad idea. Yeah. It's You're losing probably half of the information you could get every time you don't go out of your door. And, you know, that's why I, I emphasize boots on the ground. I love to be out there. Shoots, if, I, if there's a chance I can meet a witness, even if there's no chance I'm going to get physical evidence, oh my gosh, the people you meet out here, just being involved in your job. Police don't investigate 
on the phone. Insurance fraud analysts and, and, and you know insurance people, they don't analyze or do investigations on the phone. It's just a bad idea. You got to no, get I'll tell out. you what, the last couple of claims I had with the insurance company, a couple of fender benders, yeah, they did most of it by the phone. So that might be an exception. Maybe they're trying to save money, sending out adjusters for anything. They even have you take your own photographs now of the damage if it's not serious. We've got Chase Kletsky with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out apmagazine.info each month. Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So what do you think of that phenomenon, Chase, just in terms of investigation where you take the photograph yourself, you do all the work, but you pay them anyway? That's why I get, you know, 15% off at Geico. I don't know. I have, you know, um, yeah, I don't think so. We have enough issues. We get a lot of photos submitted to us, not only in MUFON, but, you know, independently, because I still do independent investigations. Um, You know, I just took lead of um, the famous uh, Star Child Skull. And that's something that I'm working on now. And we do get people, everybody has a cell phone now. So, you know, we're getting a lot of photographs off iPhones and, um, you know, just this new technology and it's okay. It's working. There's a lot more evidence coming in with some of these accounts because of these, um, new little tricks of the trade with our witnesses. I love it. But to completely do an investigation, it probably, Costs more money for the investigate. I mean, for the company to send somebody out to look at that and do that investigation than it is to verify. Yeah, he really does have a ding. Give him the money. We're we're good. And you look at the loss. Even if on a few occasions they're paying a little too much or something, that could be looked at by the bean counters. And the other thing too is there usually is the option that if you take it to the body shop and they find more stuff, they could modify the claim. Exactly. So you can't get personal service anymore. Now, I'm going to ask the hard question here about MUFON that I always wonder about. MUFON was started in, what, 1969? Yes. It's 2016. Over all those years, what have you learned other than what we knew then? That is a great question. And it's something that I kind of rattle the cages every once in a while within, you know, an organization that I do love. And that is, guys, where's our stuff? We have to start putting stuff out there. And the truth is, there is a lot, you know, um, but I think people are looking for that smoking gun information, but there are cases put out every single day on the website. These are some of the best cases that are reported to move on, as well as the investigators behind them. There's a lot of information if, if people are focused in on MUFON. What I think MUFON needs to do is get out here and participate more with ufologists. And of course, um, I think that's absolutely the direction we're going in. They're not giving out field manuals anymore. They just opened MUFON University. So now, you know, you can have an onboarding program so people don't just come in. And if you live in a state that has a crappy state director or no state director at all, 
which can happen. You don't get training. Well, you lose talent and, you know, people that we need out here working. Um, so there's now an online boarding program. So MUFON's definitely, you know, coming into this new generation, trying to um, attract these new people, trying to get information out. But it's a database and it's where we can investigate. And it's kind of why I went back, guys, you know, ask me in a year if it was the best decision I ever made. But, you know, right now it just seemed that if we when we can fix relationships, we do. And when we can bring something positive into a mix, we try to do that. You know, holding on to resentments and, you know, finger pointing for me for four years ago, it just didn't seem necessary anymore, especially when those people aren't even with MUFON. They're gone and gone for reason. So, you know, when Jan asked me to rejoin MUFON, um, I didn't say yes right away. It took a couple months, but I, I think it's just a professional thing to do now. I think we all need to work together and, and behave and, you know, stop with all the Kardashian look at me stuff and, you know, just work and help each other, help each other when we're out here really doing something. Yeah. Be a, be a part of a team and, and, and not be going around unilaterally, not accepting outside uh, help, not accepting outside opinions, Right. Um, going around trying to solve uh, cases based on your own private pet theory and, and trying to make a particular case or cases fit into your particular pet theory or paradigm. That's a real problem that I see. It's It seems to be kind of pulling back a little bit. You don't see as much agenda-driven investigative work as you did, I think, uh, 20 years ago. It seems to have been flow in that that regard. But the the whole teamwork approach, I think, is, is, you know, is a good model. And, you know, we're not all experts in all aspects of this. Um, for instance, I have a real um, issue with MUFON not doing follow-up investigative work. And I've I've noticed in your book, Admissible, that there's no section in there about following up with witnesses, finding out how these experiences have changed their thinking, find out how it's it's changed their perspective, their relationships with their family, um, how, how it affects the way that they look at their reality. And I think follow-up information is an indication that the experiencer is as important as what they experience, if not more so. And that's that's an emphasis that I've been trying to get people to uh, to adopt for a long time, and I, I I hope that this there could be in a tremendous amount that we could learn from the actual culture and, and psychosocial effect that these events have on people, and that's that's an area that I think uh, is like a forest for the trees sort of subject right now. Let me ask you a question here about cooperating. We have other organizations, most notably National UFO reporting from Peter, Peter Davenport. Davenport. Great guy. Right. Now, he has a big database. Mm-hmm. Is I use anything being done to coordinate your database with his? I mean, there are ways to merge them if you want to. I don't know. I think there was talk of that before. And you also have William Puckett that's got a lot of great information as well. Um, I use them, uh, and they are recommended to view because one of the things we always look for is correlated cases that have been reported. Right. And that's not just a random internet search. I will always start with the National UFO Reporting Center and, you know, hit William Puckett's site. Right, um, and the Sid and Larry Hatch. And yeah, you know, there, there's several of them, uh, the, yes. the Computer UFO Network. What I'm saying here is not just have the separate databases but find a way to merge them so you have one database and that way you may be able to look at contradictory versions of one case or fill out something where 
somebody in one city sees something, they go to National UFO Reporting Center. Another person in the same city, maybe three blocks away, he's got the case reported to MUFON. Yeah, it's it's happens all the time. You bring up such a great question. And, um, you know, I think Peter Davenport is very happy with uh, the database because, you know, his is information only where MUFON, each case is assigned an investigator. You know, I think there's just differences, but you're right. It Would it be great to have one centralized location, especially for statistical analysis? Well, that's, that- that's what Jacques Vallée is uh, attempting to do from my understanding. Uh, yes. He'd really like to get a all-inclusive uh, database to start, as you say, uh, looking at, at patterning, statistical uh, correlations, that sort of thing. And, and, and obviously, this is a step in the, in the right direction uh, if, if, if we're able to accomplish this. But, you know, you have a lot of people, like Peter said, look, I've been working for years on this thing. And, you know, Larry Bryant was working on it even uh, before me or whomever started that. Um, it was Bob Gribble. Yeah, Bob Gribble, rather. And there's, uh, you get a sense of kind of proprietary, well, I've been working so long on this, I'm not just going to give it away. I mean, he right. literally kind of said that when we had him on the show here recently. Uh, so you do have some of those types of, of ego, you know, in, in investment of time, energy, and, and years, uh, obviously, into projects. Uh, you do have some of that to battle against. Let's battle against this. <laughs> we have Chase, Gene, Chris, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. It's about time something new came along for better selling and buying online. And I found it. What now, Marge? It's buysellmakeoffer.com. Never heard of it. It's a brand new company. That's why you've never heard of it. It's the newest and best way to sell any products online. I did all the research. Sell my car? Yes. Our home? Yep. My golf bag? Your golf clubs. All of them. How about your purse collection hoard? Hey, now. You said any product. Right. I did. Hmm. We get 30 days free. Really? Packages starting from only $7.95. And buysellmakeoffer.com will never charge item fees ever. Mm. Never. And this is cool. Listen to this. You can even use Skype or video to show your items. That's cool. Yes. All we have to do is go to the website, sign up, and then load our stuff to sell. I love this site. Buysellmakeoffer.com. Buysellmakeoffer.com. You got it? Buysellmakeoffer.com. Buy, sell, makeoffer.com better selling better buying no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Chase and Gene and Chris, we're exploring UFO investigations. Now, obviously, when it comes to databases, it's not just having that information there, but coordinating it, looking for patterns, things like that. What is MUFON doing about that? Even if we don't get the other databases merged, if Peter Davenport says, no, I'll keep my database and the others are kept where they are. Your database, what are you doing to look it over with all these cases accumulated since 1969, trying to get that stuff coordinated, finding out about this? Again, this stuff takes money. You know, I hate to be so... Droll and, you know, state something that's, you know, everybody's so sick of hearing, but, you know, to create a website that is that interactive that will start spotting typical words like cat threes and put all the cat category three cases together versus category ones. And, you know, to, to analyze all this data, it's just, it's money. Well, part of it also is how your database is organized because any of the -the off-the-shelf database programs allow you to do all kinds of searching and coordinating. Well, sure. And we do do that. That's the responsibility of every investigator that gets a case. And of course, you know, when we're done with our cases, we have chief investigators and, you know, state directors and all of this should be scrutinized. And if we're paying attention, then we're going to spot these things. Again, guys, you know, it's a volunteer organization. Well, they say volunteer. I don't know. I pay membership every year to do this. And, you know, it's all out of my pocket. If I happen to be unavailable with my grandkids for two weeks, which is rare, 
but happens. I'm not paying attention that two weeks. So, you know, when you have a group of volunteers, we all have that dream. I, I, I bet if I ask you guys, if, if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you do professionally other than set up, you know, this grand studio, you know, for your, you know, audio work. But would you not get a team of investigators together with the best equipment, every accessibility you can give them in a beautiful place, um, offer a library? You know, we all have dreams like this. Unfortunately, everything we want to come together, I agree, should be out there, but we're dealing with... Yeah, in a perfect world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny you should mention that, though, because in recent episodes of the Paracast, we've talked of efforts to build, say networks of ufo detection systems you're probably chase familiar with ufo data yes from mark rodiger of the center for ufo studies and others last week we had a guy named dave coat a young developer i invested i am absolutely obsessed with cubesat okay we had a show about cubesat chris has something called the san luis valley camera project which mm-hmm. is set up a network of camera UFO detection systems in and around the San Luis Valley. So things are happening. When is MUFON going to jump in? Well, MUFON is... Uh, uh, they've helped uh, you know us acquire equipment. They've only put up three or $400 in total, but they have channeled money through the 501c3 uh, from a benefactor who's given uh, uh, quite a few thousand dollars to help the project get off the ground, to help pay for the development of software. So in an an ancillary sort of way, they are helping. But uh, again, as Chase said, they just don't have the the deep pockets to be able to to fund projects uh, to, to the extent that I think you're suggesting. Excuse me, Chase, what about crowdfunding projects or about going to Indiegogo, going to Kickstarter and setting up a crowdfunding plan? Because a lot of different things raise money, like CubeSat. It's not a lot of money. They raise over $30,000. Maybe MUFON could set up a budget and not just depend on the memberships, which may just about cover your costs, but make a special fundraising venture, maybe when you go to those places, you'll reach people with money willing, if the project seems interesting to them, willing to fund it. MUFON does have several attempts at Kickstarter, and uh, they do use this avenue. They really do. I like it. You know, I just took over the Star Child Project skull. I'm not part of the Star Child Project because I believe that I'm never going to hijack Lloyd Pye's work. I'll tell you what, we have been very skeptical of it. We've had people on the show who have found it wanting, shall we say. And what I'm doing is respectfully archiving his work. And I'm starting at square one because this skull is anomalous. Now, why it is, I don't know, but you clearly look at it and something's going on. It's it's so different looking. And there are 30 variances. There are 30 visible variances that the star child skull presents versus human. Now, with all the study that we have going, I know that in the past, the star child skull project raises money. This is not what I do. The whole fundraising thing, I understand as a corporation or, or you know, as an organization like MUFON, CubeSat was brilliant doing it. I love those guys. I th- they're on it. They're on to this. And Chris, your project's uh, extremely worthy of investment. But when you're thinking of, you know, what we're doing out here um, alone and things, I, you know, I just think it's it's wrong. It's it's wrong for, you know, people to ask the public to pay for their journey somewhere, like to Bolivia to talk about 
you know, megalithic structures or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a difficult when you're asking people for money. It's, it's, it's difficult. Well, one thing about the star child, whoever that little guy was, I bet you he had a real problem getting dates. Well, and, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, maybe it's a mom thing in me, but when I looked at the skull, human, not human, whatever, um, if, if this was a completely diseased child, he didn't have it easy. I looked at the skull and, you know, one, we can never say it's a hybrid or alien until we get that comparison sample. So let's just get that out of our language. Like, you know, stop it. Stop with the nonsense already. And, you know, when we look at this skull, it's time for science and the skull to speak for itself, period. I will never make a determination. Scientists will do that. Highly accredited, um, testable, vettable, scrutiny worthy results are going to tell us what the skull is and the rest of us can keep our opinions out of it. Yeah. And that's I, I, I agree. Let, let the experts uh, be the experts. Yes. Speaking of experts, I want to uh, talk quickly. Uh, I, I, this is probably one of the quickest shows I think we've ever, <laughs> ever recorded. It just flew by. We're going to have to obviously have you back chase, but I really want to spend a little bit of time and talk about your new book admissible. I love this book. I think it is a, a, a it's, a book that we've really needed for a long time. I really admire Richard and seeing the potential with it, Richard Dolan, and getting involved, helping you with this. I want to urge anyone out there uh, who is interested in breaking into the I, you know, the very kind of the difficult field of field investigation. This is your book. This will get you up to speed, not only in investigating UFOs, but going to paranormal hotspots and doing all kinds of you know, cutting edge investigations. And, and Chase, this book is really good. I, I, I can't, I don't plug books very often when we have authors on the show. We do have a lot of them. But this book, I definitely think should be a part of anyone's library who is interested in doing field investigative work. And my hat's off to you and Richard. This is a fabulous book. Um, I, I would like to have you back on the show just to talk about this book because we really haven't had a chance to, to even really address uh, just the many things, uh, just wonderful pearls of wisdom and suggestions and techniques and equipment lists and all the wonderful things that you have in here. And I'm, I, like I said, I don't plug books very often, but I definitely like this book. And I congratulations. It must have taken quite a bit of work, quite a bit of foresight. And, and you really did uh, cross your, your I's and dot your T's here. And uh, my hat's off to you. Thank you so much, Chris. And first of all, that means um, so much because of, you know, you're one of the uh, investigators and colleagues out here that I hold in highest esteem. And, you know, there's very few in these categories, especially with, you know, uh, you know, I'm old. I've been out here for a while. So, um, you know, absolutely. Thank you so much. And so it means a lot coming from you. And um, the book was I'm not an author. You know, I'm boots on the ground, door kicker, like to shake it up. Um, so I just gave Richard Dolan, he's like, well, how do you investigate? And I'm like, well, this is what you do. Now you organize it and turn it into a book. But this is everything you need to do. That's why it, it's not co- co-authored by Richard. It just says with Richard. But, you know, it, it was definitely um, the hardest thing I've ever done. And, you know, I love when you brought up the follow-up. I've got to go into a break here. I'm sorry. Okay. Chase Kletsky, joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This is Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. That's why Macy's is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issue and company and other factors not available in all states. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Final segment. Boy, time flies when you're having fun with Chase Kletsky. We're talking about that book that I guess we call Richard Dolan like the ghost writer of it, where you give him all the notes and he puts it together. Kind of like when William Shatner writes a book, it's always with a couple of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just not an author. And it, it was brutal. It was a brutal process, especially when, you know, I tend to have, you know, right now I have 27 UFO investigations active on my desk. I have the star child, you know, it, you know, when your plate is full, it's really difficult to try to find the focus and time required to, to really put out good material. So it really is, you know, Richard, he's a, a great publisher. Um, editor and you know partner in this but um th- thank you chris because what i really think we needed out here was you know people would ask me all the time well how do i get started or you know what do i do and man you know for us old people out here to give some advice that they don't make the mistakes we learned from and we have grown from you know to offer that kind of assistance oh man i, I, I was so lucky i was taken under the wing by you know linda howe tom adams david perkins uh gabe valdez i mean i was so fortunate to have these really smart yes. experienced people to uh to give me pointers to give me suggestions to to uh, allow me to hone my investigative skills very quickly and to to be a creative thinker and only only allow myself to go where the evidence and the data would uh, would lead me. And I think a lot of people are, are getting miseducated by the internet, by the media. Right, they have right. a false sense of what this subject matter is about and uh, they go off uh, ill-prepared and they, they can do more damage than, than good when it comes to the deep psychological implications that some of these cases uh, elicit in people, in witnesses and experiences answers you really have to know what you're doing to go out there and do a good job um you could you could do damage and take responsibility for that title and you know that's probably the biggest message that i have as you know the older one is take responsibility guys if you want to be an investigator be good at it or don't bother take the responsibility if you don't feel like you're getting proper trade i had no one um i i would i would have killed for someone like linda to work for that would have been amazing but if you don't have that Take responsibility um, and don't be afraid to contact somebody you look up to out here. I had that same little giddy, you know, the first time I met Richard Dolan and Linda and Santon Freeman, you know, you almost want to not approach them because, oh my God, that's Richard Dolan and Linda Moton Howe. They are the nicest, most charitable people with their time and advice. Call them, pick up the phone, write them on Facebook, ask the questions. You know, the only thing we have anything different is experience. And trust me, we all love to talk. (laughs) So ask us or them. It's the craziest thing when you're looking at this field and taking responsibility is really a big thing with me. 
you know, I went to private investigator school. I continue to take forensic classes uh, constantly online. I'm buying books. Uh, I bought a forensic kit slowly, a little at a time. That would make the sheriff's department jealous here because I want it all. Took me years to get this. Now, you didn't do this by watching all 50,000 years of the CSI TV shows. Thank you. Not at all. <laughs> I wanted to refer you to something before we go on, because we had Lloyd Pye to talk about Star Child on the Paracast back in April of 2007. But we also featured a UFO investigator and artist named Tommy Allison, who was involved in studying Star Child, and he wasn't too impressed with it. With the Star Child itself or the work? With the Star Child itself. I don't understand that. I'm going to be honest. And I'm not one that, you know, it's all woo woo. And, you know, this is alien. That's not what I see. What I see is a very bulbous skull. And that's just the start. And I will say that this skull is one of a kind. There's not another one like it on this earth that at least has been made available or known to the public. And I can't wait to discover what this skull has to say. And we are literally starting at square one completely at the beginning by, you know, I noticed that in the past, a lot of people were focused on, you know, genetics and humans. And I'm going to paleontology. The first people that are going to examine this 900 year old skull are the people that are trained to do so. Okay, so I'll recommend here because we don't have time to go into a star child discussion here with just a few minutes left. I have put a link in the chat window for you. The episode where we had this discussion about an attempt to create a forensic piece based on the star child about what happened. Listen to it. and Maybe the next time we have you on, give us a reaction. I'm not saying anything pro or con. No, I appreciate that you can't make a decision about something that you haven't fully investigated, but use this as an example. You may tell me this guy is out to lunch. I love skeptics. I love them. They keep me honest. We have it there, and our listeners, again, it's May 20th, 2007. The guest is Tommy Allison. And if you look also, if you look up Star Child on our show on April 8th, 2007, it's still up there. We have Lloyd Pye. Wow. So... You can get his slant on it. We have him on maybe for an hour or so. Yeah, we just had our 10-year anniversary for the show. Yeah, and if this keeps up, they'll give me a gold watch at 50 years. So I have to do this show for 40 more years. <laughs> I said, good luck there with that one. Well, you'll have to be my successor. That's it. There's no choice involved here. When well, I fade I'll out, when I need the wheelchair. To be the new Gene. Chase and I will have the show. Uh, <laughs> you guys do have an awesome show. I'm not even lying. We try to keep it uh, keep it real, you know. Sometimes we'll even figure it out. For a minute or two left here, and I know you have a website, which I've been checking out as we've listened here. Tell our listeners what they can do to find out more of what you're working on and maybe give us, other than Star Child, an indication of what things you hope to accomplish in the near future. Uh, they could go to my website, which is chaseklitzky.com. Um, you're not going to see a big list of cases that I've worked in the past. My personal belief is I don't hijack other people's experiences, and I leave that up to the witnesses to do with their case files that I leave them. But I do have our initial statement, my initial statement of the Star Child Skull. I think you'll be very pleased, Gene and uh, Chris, about 
the article that's written there. You guys, I think, will like it. But it really is going forward. I'm doing a lot of international cases right now, a lot of UFO international cases for MUFON. Um, I'm speaking at uh, Ozark Mountain UFO Conference in uh, April and a couple more conferences at the end of the year. But just visit my website, guys. And you know, my Facebook, Twitter, hit me up. This is awesome. I, I love interacting with colleagues, peers, and friends. Do you actually go outside the country to investigate a case? Yes. Um, I've been to three continents so far. And actually, in the last two years, three continents. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I It's not as often because, again, this is all out of my pocket. But if the right case comes along that will offer... Um, you know, the reasons that they really uh, could use me and not that I could just make a phone call and find someone in Puerto Rico or Australia. We have UFO investigators everywhere, but, you know, I have been enticed to uh, South America, Peru, Bolivia, Australia. Absolutely. Oh boy. I want to go to Cuba. That's my goal. By the end of this year, I want to open up a, a UFO MUFON or UFO something, anything in Cuba. In Cuba, great idea. Well, this comes at a great time because we're trying to expand relations with Cuba. We have a presence on Twitter. Look for The Paracast on Twitter. Look for two, not one, but two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. And also look for The Paracast Plus. That's our subscription package where we offer you a lot more. We offer you the exclusive after the Paracast podcast. It's a wrap-up show. Sometimes we have special guests. Sometimes shows continue because we can't wrap them up quickly enough. On after the Paracast, we have the ad-free version of this show. Show transcripts, videos, classic episodes ad-free will be posted shortly. We're starting to work on those to find out more. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. It's all there for a modest monthly, annual, five-year or lifetime subscription rate. The lifetime is a bargain. The show's been here for 10 years, and we're looking at our next 10 years. That's the Paracast Plus. Chase Klotsky, it's been real. It's been fun. Glad to meet you. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Oh, my gosh. You guys are rock stars, and thank you for having me. And, Chris, happy birthday, mister. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and we can't wait to have you back on. we just licking the tip for the iceberg here. So. Anytime. You guys are amazing. Anytime. I had a great time. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.